No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. You believe that America is the land of opportunity? Yeah. We're soldiers, but we're American soldiers. We've been kicking ass for 200 years. And those of you who are familiar with it know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. You're listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. They're leading the charge in advancing the conservative revolution. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And now, your all-American hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Flurry. And good morning. This is the Abolitionist Roundtable. This is Phil Stargell. And we are on the air for this show. Uh, we're starting with a little bit of a different thing this morning. We have a guest in the, on the air waiting for us, and that is Pastor Rick Richard Dietering. And Pastor Rick, uh, we talked um, a couple of days ago, or yesterday even, and I, I was telling you about a little situation because this program has been and always will be dedicated to the right to life movement. And when I see situations such as has happened across the nation about Black Lives Matter, I wonder how people can say that with a straight face when we have an annihilation of a race going on. We have the most atrocious numbers and abortion going on in the black community and and our black uh, brothers my black brothers act as if there's nothing going on as if uh that what is going on uh in the uh with the police and all of that is uh is is putting us in danger of extinction when it's far from the truth so you've seen these numbers, haven't you, Pastor Rick? And I want to, uh, again, introduce Pastor Rick. Good morning, Pastor Rick. Good morning, uh, Phil. I'd like to say this is uh, a great joy to talk to you, but when we're sitting back talking about the murder of our children, it's hard to find joy in that conversation. Yes. It's actually quite sad that we we are having these conversations and have to continue to have these conversations. Um. The whole concept of Black Lives Matter, you're right. If Black Lives Matter, the first thing they should be dealing with is the millions of black children that are murdered because of uh, because of this procedure we call abortion, and I'll call it just as it is, it's murder. Yes, it is yes. the genocide of, of a people, and uh, our nation doesn't see it. Uh, you know, Phil, that uh, I was I was called racist. It's a, one of those trigger words. I was called a racist because I told a, a young a young lady who, who was black that I was against abortion, and because I'm against abortion, she thought I was trying to hold her back from being who 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 she's supposed to be and who she can be and everything else. Because I was against her having an abortion, and I had to try to explain to her. That the fact is, I, I'm not a racist. I want to see her children live. I want to see her live. I want her to be happy. I want her children to be happy. 
Um, this has nothing to do, as far as our fight to end abortion, has nothing to do with with being racist. It has everything to do with stopping the racist. So, um, so, so that uh, you know precipitated the, the idea that you and I should do a little bit of this because there, um, uh, this year we didn't, I didn't do uh, what I've been doing for the last couple of years, maybe the last 10, 12 years, uh, being at, uh, at the NAACP Freedom Dinner, as they call it, hmm. and, and let them know that I was uh, opposed to it. And, you know, this started out with Pastor Yule, Right. And Pastor Yule has since retired. And so I figured that carry on the tradition. It, we would have been there this year, but the coronavirus, we decided not to uh, to go there until uh, they had uh, they postponed their dinner. So we, we decided not to go. But but uh, but during the year, there have been uh, gatherings all over Michigan on the right to life issue. And and I I uh I consider the right to life movement to be underfunded. You know because they do a, a awful lot of good and we talk to uh to uh the right uh, right to life uh uh what last last week was it? Last week or the week before? Yeah. When we talked to um the two young ladies uh, that uh run the Oh, that was uh, last week on uh, your and show. Yeah. yeah. And and so at the same time, we also, I uh, went down on uh, Ford Road at a uh, an abortion clinic. And I was there with um, um, the Monica Miller organization. They had a, uh, a prayer vigil there. And there was a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of people there, and uh, and I looked around and <laughs> and this is what really started the whole in you know the whole idea of getting you on and getting your opinion because I was there and I just was uh, in the in the audience. I didn't there as a participant, but I did want to participate, and and so I stayed there for a while, and uh, and there were probably between 60 and 100 people there. And there was just one other black person there at that meeting. And I'm thinking, if black lives matter, why am I almost alone here? You know, we have people out here that have taken up their time, taken up their energy, and and protest the idea that... uh, that uh, that this organization, a, a right, a Planned Parenthood, can be down here, and nobody objects. Yeah, you and, said and so the much. People that do object are not the people that live in the neighborhood. Well, Phil, can I just make the statement on, on something you said there? If you remember the civil rights marches and and the marches of Martin Luther King, Jr., and um, you remember there there were a lot of white people in those marches also. And you, you talked about why are you in this alone? You're not in this alone. Okay. Um, there, there, there are a lot of people out there that uh, are willing to fight. 
They may yes. not have the same skin tone you have, but we're marching right, right alongside you to help bring an end to this murder and genocide of, of the black race. Uh, oh, uh, Pastor Rick, talk- let me, uh, let me uh, quickly interrupt. Uh, we just got just got the signal that uh, that uh, Bruce is on the line. He was having a little bit of a problem this morning. So, good morning, Bruce. Are you there? Hey, I'm here, guys. I'm here. Good morning, hey, Pastor Bruce. Rick. How well, are you just today? hang on, and uh, we'll get you formally introduced, uh, you know, since you're off assignment this week. But we're going to continue with Pastor Rick. I'm sorry, Pastor Rick. Go ahead. Um, and you you talked about going to these um, Planned Parenthood centers and praying. Um, I I think we need to understand that the power of prayer is is remarkable. First it of all, yes. And, and these these prayer vigils uh, when you, we go to Planned Parenthood buildings are not are not in vain. Uh, you and I. The last time you and I went to one together, if you remember, it was a couple of years ago in Ypsilanti. Yes. Yes. And uh, you and I and, and a bunch of other people and and, and Reverend Newell, we, we went um, on a march. We started yeah. out in a park and we marched and we sang and we prayed and we praised God and we prayed for those children and those mothers that would go into that building. And we went down across from Planned Parenthood and we sang and we prayed and we cried for those children and we cried for those women and we prayed some more. And, and lo and behold, what happens? is Planned Parenthood shuts down in Ypsilanti. Yes. And then the building is taken over by Family Life Services, which gives these young ladies an alternative. And it's sad to say that life is an alternative now to abortion. Um, but uh, um, prayer works. So I think this is one place where we all need to come together and we need to pray. This is a spiritual warfare, um, and it, it's the protection of children co- goes back a, a long ways. You know, yes. they used to sacrifice their children and, and, uh, and <laughs> to yes. to their gods back back in biblical times. You know, um, and so and 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 to show, uh, you know, Bruce is a warrior. You've read Bruce's book, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, uh, and and uh, Bruce is a warrior. He's been there uh, in the trenches and, and things like that. And this is, uh, this is, uh, w- you know, what, what we do, you know, and, and yep. we're going to continue to do those things. And uh, I don't know how long you can stay with us, Pastor Rick, but uh, we do have some, uh, some phone calls and somebody that you are <laughs> Quite familiar with. Before you go to that call, I got to say something to Bruce, if you can, because you brought this up. Can I say one thing to Bruce real quick? Bruce, I do have your book, and I have to apologize to you. Um, I marked it up a lot with highlighters and ink pens and underlining stuff. So I did not keep your book as pristine as some other. Are you telling me you need another copy? Uh, No, because then I don't have to go through and highlight and underline that one. But. That's just saying the book is used. It is a great book, and and I recommend people read it. Thank you. Thank you very much. I put a lot of time, effort, and thought, and a little expense, uh, out-of-pocket expense into it, too, getting it published. But, you know... Yes, actually, uh, I do want another copy. (laughs) Okay. I've got somebody I want to give it to. Yeah. Okay, great. Give me your contact information, and I'll uh, I'll get it out to you. Um, I'll I'll tell you what... I got a copy. I got a copy. I'll get it to you. Uh, okay. I get it to you All real right. quick. Next time I see you. All right. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, let's again, like uh, let's said, go to line. 
Let's go to line two and uh, talk to Joe from Wyandotte, if he promises not to change the subject. <laughs> you there, Joe? Okay, for that, I've got to change the subject. No, <laughs> I just wanted to expound on what Pastor Rick was saying. Uh, Abby Johnson, uh, people may not still not know her story. She worked at Planned Parenthood as an office manager, and she's uh, the inspiration of the movie Unplanned, and if anybody's not seen that movie, you've got to see the movie Unplanned and talk people who are on the fence about the life issue into watching it with you. It will convince people, and she covers that fact in that film that the prayers outside Planned Parenthood office do turn people away. They drive the Planned Parenthood people crazy because it does actually turn patients away and save lives. And, of course, another important movie you got to see is the Gosnell movie. It is not gory in any way. People shy away because they think it's about, you know, a lot of blood and guts, but it's not. you got to see Gosnell. And John Voight has a movie called Roe v. Wade, the real story that's supposed to come out this year, but with all the COVID thing, I don't know about that. That'll be an important film to support in the theaters when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I hear you because that is a, a very important um, um, a part of the history of this this dastardly uh endeavor that they've gone on telling people that it makes people's lives better because there there was a lot of turmoil in the life of the lady that got all of this started and uh and yeah. it needs to be uh understood and it needs to be told yeah and a lot of people just don't really know about roe v wade roe v wade was a very narrowly defined ruling that lower liberal activist courts then expanded into the supposed right to abortion and even wrote Ruth Bader Ginsburg at a University of Chicago speech years back. And fortunately, you could still find that on YouTube. I'm surprised YouTube has not scrubbed it. Spoke uh-huh. to the fact that RVW did not establish a right to abortion, period. No. If she admits no. that, you know it's fact, and we need to educate people. And under the 14th Amendment, Roe v. Wade will and must eventually be overturned on constitutional grounds. Yeah, it you know, would be, and I think it would have been done if, um, you know, some of the judges, uh, you know, didn't didn't give us a left turn when they should have made a right turn, you know? So Yeah, and that's uh, another important reason why we must re-elect Trump to hopefully... Yeah hopefully be able to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg in a second Trump term. And importantly, Alito and Thomas may retire. We sure as heck cannot let Biden replace Thomas or Alito. You are exactly right, Joe. And, all right, uh, take so care, th- my brothers. I love you all. God bless. Uh, Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us early this morning. You know, the, uh, the the statement that he made about uh, Roe v. Wade, and it wasn't about, it was about uh, privacy issues, actually, is what it ended up being about. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it didn't It didn't even cover. Um, and so it's going to be important for people to get out and vote, uh, because this next president could be replacing uh, three, three uh, Supreme Court justices, and that 
it's pinnacle that uh, conservatives get out and vote. Um, the the other thing I'd like to make a comment, and I don't know if we have enough time before the break because there's something in the Bible I wanted to get into, but I also want to cover this. We talk that young lady, and as you've heard, Phil. Um, kept talking to me about it being her right to have an abortion. It's her right, her right, her right, her right. And um, they keep claiming it's it's my right, but they never ask, is it right? Right. Is it right? Exactly right. Rights, rights cannot take away the rights of another. Mm-hmm. And if one right is taken away the rights of another, it's not a right. And they're taking away the rights of the human that's within their womb. And I use that word very, very much on purpose. That is a human inside the womb. Um, science states it's a human inside the womb. Any of the books on embryology and reproductive uh, uh, medicine will tell you from this time that the child is conceived, from the time that the, the sperm hits the egg, that that is a human in the earliest form of development. Yeah. Now, do not get thrown off by that word, earliest form of development, because the human being is in a constant, constant form of development. From the time they are conceived to the time that they die, their body is constantly developing to the next stage. I mean, that's just where we are. I mean, when you start getting, you know, you get a certain age, like you and I, Phil, and and. and yeah. Body hair starts growing in places where we didn't expect it to, like <laughs> our ears and on yeah. on our nose, and yeah. and, and you know uh, that's because that's part of the body human development. Yeah. And from the time that the child is conceived, it, yes, is in the earliest form of development because you have to start somewhere, right? Yep. Um, to the time you die, you're in a constant state of development. And if we are going to murder someone just based on where they are in their development cycle, that's arbitrary extremely arbitrary and we you can start making the argument that uh, uh singer's right peter singer's right that uh, up until the age of 2 you can you can kill yeah. your children yeah. because we we're going to decide that they might be a human but they're not a person up until 18 months 2 years old well they this were is well all arbitrary that, they were well on that way uh when they were uh, just arbitrarily sentencing uh the uh Al- not Alzheimer's, but the uh, the the autistic children to uh, to, to it. With the only thing they do is test, and if that right. test showed up, they were aborting. And That's somehow with Down syndrome. Enough, the, uh, Down, Down syndrome, the same thing. If, yeah. they, if they had Down syndromes, they encourage abort- abortion now. Yes. And I'll tell you what, I know some beautiful, beautiful people that have yeah. Down syndrome that yeah. uh, very high functioning, and even if they weren't. Yeah, they're human, and they still have emotions, and they still love. And they, they may not still be able to have the God-given right to live. Yes, that's that's the whole thing of it. Uh, the um, um, the the idea that just because somebody is not up to your expectations of what you think that should be, and then those same people will tell people all the time that. Other people are bullying people and 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 taking advantage of people because they are, uh, you know, a, a lesser uh, a rung on the economic ladder. They, right. they they say that they bully people. They they force people into having sex and all of this stuff, but they don't see that they are taking the will of that 
child that that uh, that really is is the 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 epitome of innocence and just arbitrarily flushing it out of the system. It is just and too much. When you take when you take the life of innocence, there's a name for it. It's called murder. When yes. you take when when you purposely take the life of an innocent, that is by very definition murder. People yes. get upset when I refer to abortion as murder. Well, it's legal. Just because it's legal doesn't make it right. Just I mean, look at the Jim Crow laws. They weren't right, were they? They were legal. They were law, but uh, they weren't right, right? Exactly right. <laughs> um, Slavery, it was legal, it was a law, but was it right? No, it wasn't. And and they and the reason why it was legal, slavery was legal, because an, one man owned another. That was his property, yep. and that's and that's how they. It's it, it's in the Constitution that says that you can't take somebody's property without the government reimbursing you. Right. And we hear a lot today. We hear a lot today about reparations, don't we? But we, we, but if you look back at slavery, the only people that got reparations were the slave owners. They got three hundred dollars for every slave that was liberated. Yeah. So, so the thing about it is that uh, that these these names, these games that they play, you know, around the Constitution. You know, this is why I have said time after time after time. That uh, that we had to be real careful about man-made laws. You know, these, this Constitution was an inspiration from God, and that's the thing that we keep forgetting. You know, and and uh, the civil rights laws are designed to be for the people that are in power, and we better be very careful about how we turn our constitutional laws over. To civil authority, you know, and, and you and I have talked quite a bit in the past about abortion, and um, you know, I can make the argument that yes. it's morally and Very ethically well. wrong. Yeah. Um, and yet, and which is why I normally don't bring the Bible up because a lot of people, when I bring up the Bible, um, they argue that I'm trying to force my religion on them. This is not about religion. This is not even about my faith. This is, has everything to do with, is, are we taking the life of the innocent? Yes. But there, there is spiritual reasons why abortion is wrong, too. Not just moral and ethical reasons. There are spiritual reasons why it's wrong. And, uh, and I have to bring this up because I, my heart was broken the day that I read this statistic that more women claiming, the majority of women getting an abortion, the majority, are women that claim to be Christian. Yes. You know, yes. And, and that tore my heart apart because of anyone who should know the importance of life, anyone who should know the the importance of of the sanctity of life is anyone who follows the, the scriptures. And it sounds like you got your music playing, so I'll shut yeah. up. All right. So, as you can hear, folks, that we are coming up on a break. And if you'd like to join the conversation, that number is 734-82-1600. And we'll be right back after these messages.
listening to the Abolitionists Roundtable with your hosts, Phil Stargell and Bruce Fleury. They're exposing the left's underground resistance while leading the charge in the fight for liberty. Join the conversation at 734-822-1600. And we are back, and uh, we were in the middle of um, Pastor Rick t- uh, going over some things, and uh, and it's uh, it's very apropos for this morning because there are a lot of things happening, and we're going to get to those. But yeah. we're going to go back to Pastor Rick, and we're going to finish up with uh, with uh, where he was. Where are, where are you uh, in that? In that conversation, Pastor. Rick. Where, well, I was mentioning that the Bible and there, there's a, a pamphlet put out by Vote Biblically that has a lot of verses and for uh, Christians to look up and, and see that it's uh, yeah, by, biblically uh, wrong. Allison, Allison Lukowski. Yes. Yeah, that's a. She's a very, very, very good. Uh, but uh, but I want to talk to a, to one that. Um, when you first read it, it sounds completely innocuous, mm-hmm. and uh, but I wanted to talk about how the ancient Jewish rabbis looked at this verse and how they thought it took. I talked to you about this verse last night. Yes. In Psalm 27, verse 10, it says, When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Now that that sounds like uh, uh, what the, who the Jews would call Dawid, or we would say David. Um, this is a song of Dawid of David, and um, the the old Jewish rabbis in their writing of their targums, and uh, they they make this comment that <clears throat> this was a, ex, excuse me, gotta clear my throat. This was actually David. Remembering his time in the womb. You got to understand the Jews believed uh, at that time, and, and some still do believe this, that uh, before a child was born, the soul was eternal to start with. The soul was there because we were created in God's image. And so the soul the soul and the spirit were created long before the body. And like in, in the writing, when Sarah was told that this time next year, you're going to have a, a child, <clears throat> that it took a year to, for you know the child to come along. Excuse me. <clears throat> Got to be the corona. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, they, the fact is, the Jews believe that it took a while for the spirit to to prepare itself to go into the body. All right, and and uh, so. Then after the child was conceived, then the, the soul would go into the body. This is the, the Jewish belief system, right? You, you need to understand this about what this verse is actually talking about when uh, Dawid wrote it. Is the, 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 the Jewish rabbis believe that David was reminiscing of his time inside the womb. That when his soul and his spirit first entered the body, which was at conception, is what they believed. It was at conception. It was at that that exact spark of time that the soul entered the body, and uh, that David was remembering this time where his mother and father were outside of the womb and not with him, and 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 he felt abandoned, and uh, so then he he said, "But the Lord will take care of me." That during that time, the Lord will take care of him, and this is a time that I believe spiritually. That you you are closer to God than ever is inside that womb, and, and I will agree agree with 
the uh, the old Jewish rabbis when they make the comment that this is a time that when your mom and dad aren't they're talking to the belly and not you know uh, and you, you don't feel involved with the parents at that time. This is a point where God will take care of you. And what we are doing is we're usurping the power of God and destroying that child, right? (laughs) While it could grow and become a healthy human being. And um, not only that word, that word there is when my mother or father and mother forsake me, right? When Mm -hmm. my father and mother forsake me, that can also mean abandon me or left me. And um, and in this case, or or left we, we you do, in, in, in the care of another, right? Or right. So um, even back at the old writings, the taking of a child and the writings of Scripture were very clear. We were not to take take the life of the child, whether it was in the womb or to sacrifice to a false god out of the womb. That the life of the child from the time it was conceived is sacred. Yes. And we have we have forgotten that, and so we have to take a look at, at the Bible and see what it has to say about this. If we are Christians, and again, most the majority of women that have abortions that claim to be Christian, I don't think they ever spend time to see what the Bible actually says about it. I'm happy to talk to them about it from a moral and ethical point of view, but you would think to to a person or to a couple that are contemplating abortion that are Christian. You would think that the first place, the first source they should go to to find out if it's right is their faith in God. And, yeah. and they don't, because if they did, the majority of babies being aborted would not be coming from parents that claim to be Christian. Pastor Rick, and that is the, uh, the, the reason why that it, was, it is such a, uh, uh, a thing with me, because when you said that the, the spirit, of that child if 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 goes away from God and goes into the womb and and like you said um that it's uh, abandoned or leaving but I get the feeling that it's leaving that child in the custody of the mother because the mother would uh, the, all of the instincts that I always knew about mothers protecting their children. They are more protective of that child when it's in the womb. They should than be any other time. Wow. We we they should be, and it used to be that way. It used, it used to be used, that and, way. Yes. And there are people today that they have a child, and and um, the the pregnancy was not was not uh, uh, let's say a healthy pregnancy where where the child's life was going to be lost anyways, and a woman miscarriages, you know, that used to be, and still is to some women, a great a great sense of mourning. Yeah. Where, where they, and I've actually and, and, had, and, I've actually had done funerals for children that were lost in the womb, and I'll tell you, this was devastating to the parents. There are still people out there that by, see it. It's recognized yeah. by the Medical Association with this postpartum uh, uh, psychosis or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. And they yeah. recognize it, and they recognize the fact that that a lot of women, after the baby leaves that leaves that womb, even though the baby is still alive, they mm-hmm. they have problems with it. They have yeah. problems, and they and take it out. So, and you and I, Phil, Pastor Rick, yeah, that's a great point. Um, last week, I went through some statistics from uh, from uh, I believe it was live action, and mm-hmm. one of the facts that they found out 
was discovered was that the vast majority, over over eighty percent of women who have aborted, regret their decision. Yes, because they they once they see that once they see that uh, that what used to be a real living human being that was growing inside of them come out all dismembered and butchered and that uh, they there's you have to. You have to really be lacking in any type of compassion or, or, or soul not to be deeply affected by that. Well, it, and, it, it also affects the, uh, the yeah. personnel in that operating room. You know, when, when, when they, when they, a lot of no, nurses have I, said, I, I can't I, do this any longer. Can well, I, yeah, some do, but but most, but a lot of them don't. I mean, look at these yeah, doctors, that, these so-called yeah. doctors, uh, guys who have performed thousands upon thousands of yes, these procedures yes. over yes. the course of their medical career. And if I were a doctor and I performed even one, yeah. I would, I, well, of course, that's just me, but, you know, I, I don't see how a person cannot be affected right. adversely by that, Mr. Rick and, 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 and Phil. Well, you know, let me make yeah. this point here, and I'm going to start out by telling you this is a very profound point, and the reason I tell you it's profound is you might not have recognized it as such unless I told you. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, uh, I was going through a bunch of family pictures the other day, and I was, I was amazed at how many of these pictures of, of my family members I was looking at are deceased. And in each one of these pictures, they were looking forward to to a future and for a happy life. And we're looking forward. And and I I realize that every photograph we take is like our own death mask that will speak for us after we're gone, right? And people look at these pictures and they'll remember what hope at that time that person was looking forward to when they look at that picture. Now, this is the profound part. Sometimes the only death mask picture that a child gets is through the ultrasound. Yeah. And, and that's the only thing at that point that child has a whole future ahead of it to look forward to yeah. and has has a life of joy and a life of pain and a life a life of, of work and a life of difficulty and a life of ease. All this stuff is forward for it. And and yet we have taken its death mask photo inside the womb and then it is murdered. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. There's, no, there's no other way to look at it. No other way to look at it, guys. Yeah. I know it. Uh, the uh, this is the, the the whole beginning of this conversation with me was when I showed my little great grandson <laughs> picture yeah. of him in the womb, and he just he just bugged out. I mean, I've never seen it, a reaction like that to a picture. Yeah. This guy was he was only probably a year old, or maybe uh, he was walking, so he's probably about a year old. Right. Hey, if he's seen that. that picture, I swear he had a reaction that you could not believe. Hmm. You know, you got and as much as I, I know it's your show and you can call on you want, you got you do have a caller waiting and I've been oh. yammering on. So. Yeah, I know. Good morning, Gary. How are you? Go ahead. Hey guys. You know, uh, one of the things that struck me earlier in the conversation, Phil, is when you mentioned that this lady called you a racist because you didn't want her to abort her children. And that, that me. to me, is uh, a dead sign of hedonism, because uh, yeah. she wants the uh, the pleasure of the sex without the consequences of the sex. Right. So she's yeah, thinking about herself more than yeah. she's thinking about the life that she may uh, create within her as she's doing the nasty. 
Now, you got to remember also, Phil and uh, Rick and everybody else, you guys are uh, oxygenarians. So you come from a different time. Today, you can actually sleep with somebody just by swiping left. Um, there's a thing called grinder where you just in the proximity of somebody, you can have sex with them. So there's a whole culture out there that has nothing to do with feelings or getting together because there's emotional. It's just pure sex, pure hedonism, pure pleasure. And there's that's only what one, point, one point of that, Gary. There's only one point of that conversation that you said that I've got to take extreme, extreme <laughs> um, uh, uh, uh Disparagement against. I am not an octogenarian. Neither. <laughs> I'm getting there, but. <laughs> Other than well, that, you you I were doing really good. But you, <laughs> you said that. Uh, I, I, well, I, I, am I, I the I only one be. that qualifies for being an old guy in here? <laughs> you know what? I don't. You're not an octogenarian yet, are you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what. An oct- are you 80 years old? <laughs> Are you 80 well, years yeah, old? I, I, you know, yeah, I know. I'm no, I'm, 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 I'm a ways from that. <laughs> but you're not there yet. Yeah, we're what Rush Limbaugh calls seasoned citizens, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not an octogenarian. I am not that old yet. Because yeah. my my wife, if you ask her, she's only 29. Yeah. Uh, that makes her be oh. a really lucky 80 year old. All right, there point taken, Rick. Point taken. Now, but this is what drives the abortion industry, though, is all these people, these millennials, which is millions of people now, just out doing it and yep. thinking that there's no consequence. So yeah, there you go. And, and then you see and, these these Mario po- then you see these Mario Povich shows where you have these women coming in who've who've had like five or six kids by several different guys, and they run these DNA tests and. You are not the father, and wait a second. So the woman goes running and screaming and crying and that sort of thing. This is, and Gary, you're absolutely right. This type of thing is what leads to situations like this, where there's where the the the, the whole mystique of of, uh, of 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 romance and 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 courting and and that type of thing, where that's all lost. Now it's just you know you hook up. And five minutes later, you're done. Then you go on to the next one. It's ridiculous. And this is a terrible, terrible thing. Uh, right. We've got the Edwards uh, Notebook ready, guys. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we, um, Derek, are you about ready for that? Or All right. All right. Well, we up. are going to go to the Edwards Notebook, and we'll be right back after that uh, cues up. Abigail Disney, the grandniece of Disneyland and Disney World creator Walt Disney, along with Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream co-founder Jerry Greenfield, is calling for all governments, local, state, and federal to raise taxes on the wealthy to fund the Corona China virus recovery. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, for those who buy into the class envy concept of going after the productive to give their wealth to the idle, don't believe the hype. The very wealthy will always find ways to move their wealth around to avoid overtaxation. But Ms. Disney is actually advocating raising taxes for everyone except those on assistance. But when taxes are raised, economic activities decrease, and as a result, fewer new businesses open and fewer new jobs are created. And over the long haul, tax revenues shrink in all of human history. Raising taxes has never brought about the cure 
of a virus. Just as high taxes do not improve government funding in the long run. Check out the truth, America. I'm Ron Edwards. Also, check out theronedwards.com for news updates and other great stuff. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. And we are back, and uh, it is just amazing at how many times uh, Ron Edwards' uh, commentary is uh, reflective of some portion of our show. It is just amazing. Yeah. He's the new voice of America, and we're the old voices of America. <laughs> but you know, guys. But you know, real, real quick. What in in uh, in reference to what Ryan was just uh, talking about? I read an article in the Detroit News on Monday, and I told you about this, Phil, where you have a bunch of billionaires are are begging and pleading for their governments to raise their taxes. And yeah. one of these, one of these, go well, in the first place. You know, there's nothing that says that you can't give more, right? Exactly <laughs> I'm sure right. Sam would love the money. Yeah. But then when you have somebody like that saying, well, you know, we need to do this because a lot of us were born at third base. No, when you have that kind of thinking, guys, you weren't born at third base. You were born out in left field. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. If it, but isn't that amazing uh, that, uh, that the good minds uh, think alike? You know, uh, you know, uh, Ron's commentary was right on line with what you were talking to me about earlier. Yeah, it is. It is amazing that it. Uh, but the thing is that that uh, the the whole thing is uh, with the country trying to go to a socialist model. You yeah. know, we have got to be very careful, and this is why things like uh, the abortion discussion that we're having here. It's so mm-hmm. important because if this uh, leap toward the left is carried out, this mm-hmm. kind of thing is going to expand. Abortion oh, is going to expand the euthanasia. You know, an old guy like me might be uh, marched off to the gulag, you know, or to, to the uh, to the chamber. Some, you know, some type of, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh uh, uh, quality uh, available life years, I think, is how uh, Ezekiel yeah. Emanuel uh, put it. Okay, yeah. you know, you Phil, you got to go and say for a shoulder replacement. Okay, yeah. uh, there's a younger person there that needs the same thing. So yeah. what they do is they get their little panel together and they decide based on how many more productive years you have versus yeah. how many more productive years the younger guy, 50 years younger than you are, supposedly, um, yeah. you know, can contribute to society. And guess what? You get a pain pill, he gets the operation. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that, doesn't make, a lot, doesn't that make sense, guys? <laughs> well, let me, let me put it this way. I've seen a lot of men that were 59 years old out working in a job where they had 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds working next to them, and that 59-year-old men were out working yeah. all the young kids together. So how do, you, how do you start? I know it from personal experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the auto industry. What? But see, and, and that's one of the reasons why I've said that uh, that this generation that I'm in and, and, you know, shortly right after, you know, we have to pick up this, this ball and stop this nonsense that's going mm-hmm. on. Because, yeah. you know, we understand the quality of life that was there and available that can be extinguished just that easily, just mm-hmm. by the sign of a pen that they can tell people, 
Well, it's okay to to uh, to murder your child in the womb. What the heck? And that's your right as a female. Well, yeah. it's also your right to have uh, your the the money that's being spent on this old guy like me mm-hmm. to, to to spend it on the guy thirty five yeah. instead of me and put right. me over in the corner. Yeah, if I'm lucky. If if yeah, if you're lucky. And and the thing is, you know, the euthanasia thing is not that far off. There are several countries no. over in, uh, over in in, uh, in Europe that have some forth of, some form of euthanasia being practiced as we as we speak and has been practiced for years. Uh, Holland, especially the Netherlands, is. I mean, you look at their euthanasia program. It is it is frightening. It really is. And we got to ask ourselves: Is this what we want here? Uh, you know, we used to honor our uh, our seniors. We used to uh, the kids would. You know, would uh, would take would take care of their parents in their old age and this type of thing. Now, a lot of them just can't be bothered. They they put them off in uh, retirement homes, and you know they'll come visit them once in a while. But that's well, no way to that, honor your, your parents. Isn't that the reason why China has uh, such a large population? Because they they always had two or three generations living in in the household because yeah. of the respect for the elders. I've got uh, some sad news for you, Bruce. Um, we have forms of euthanasia in this country. I'll give you one sure. name, one name, and you'll you'll have to say, yeah, we have it. Terry Schiavo. Terry Schiavo. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I devoted a whole section on uh, on on her case in my book, and uh, you know, this judge had the uh, that ruled that uh, the plug had to be pulled. He could have said, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to play God. I'm going to let I'm going to let God. Uh, you know, do his do his work on this poor woman, but no, you know, he had to he had to sit there in his black robe on his high bench, you know, high, his high chair yeah. behind the bench, and issue the edict. Yeah, Cherry Shiloh feeding. She was able to communicate. She was able she to communicate when that judge made that decision. And 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 the really sad part about it, guys, is when the fam the family said that they could take care of her. They didn't want any government help or anything like that. They were fully capable of taking care of her until natural death, and the and the judge said no. He couldn't could not even give her food because that would have been a heroic a heroic measure. They couldn't put chapstick on her lips. They could not. No. They could not give wow. her anything to drink. No. They could not and, do anything. And her um, she was to sit there and she was to lie back and and die of thirst and die of pain because dying of thirst is painful. Yes, it is. Um, and because um, the body is actually dehydrating itself and trying to drink itself and it affects the organs. I can get into all the medical reasons yeah. on why yeah. it is excruciatingly painful. And uh, she wanted to live. She and told her mother that she wanted to live. She was able to communicate through her eyes, and she wanted to live. Yeah. And yet, there could be nothing given to her. They couldn't even moisten her lips. So oh, we wow. have forms of euthanasia in this That's country, right, yeah. and, and and we've got to step up and start protecting the the most vulnerable. And and that's not just the beautiful children in the womb, but that's people like Terry. And and remember these families that just fought hard to to keep their child alive, just to transfer to another hospital. Yeah, you know, just. You know, and the judges wouldn't let them do that. I mean, the Vatican was going to pay for the transport of the child to 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 Rome, and they were going to take care of the child there. There was Can't nothing anyone could do. Can't do that. Can't do that. And that's the uh, the power that these judges have, uh, and that stray away from the, the the laws that are there. You know, so. 
And uh, so, you know, we're getting up on the last part of the show, Bruce. And uh, and as we say, uh, if you are uh, like our show and want to see this show continue, give us, send us that donation at uh, Post Office Box 135, Art of Michigan. Post Office Box 135, Garden City, City Michigan, Michigan Vice the Wham Talk 1600 listeners to continue the roundtable discussions by mailing correspondence to Art of Michigan, Post Office Box 135, Garden City, Michigan, 48135.